uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34, Deuteronomy chapter 34. I wish I could sit down with each one of you uh, and just talk to you about this lesson this morning, talk to uh, teenagers, adults uh, of all ages, and uh, the purpose of the lesson that we learn from Mount Pisgah and the life of Moses is there is victory through service. There is victory through service. Now, the word victory is a wonderful word. It's often misunderstood. Uh, victory is, as you hear me say again and again, victory is the defeat of an enemy, which is, which is not an easy task, but it is well worth the battle. It's well worth the fight, and so uh, we rejoice in victory. Today, uh, we're going to learn victory through service. I'm going to change microphones right here, uh, Blake and... Uh, Because I want to walk. All right, now, good. Victory through service. Sometimes we think when the Bible says that God gives victory, it means he gives us the tools for victory. He gives us the grace for victory. He gives us the strength for victory. But you and I have to engage in the battle. You and I have to engage in the service for the Lord. And so that's what we learn in this passage of Scripture uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 34. And I love the life of Moses. I think of all of the leaders of the Old Testament, Moses had the most difficult uh, challenge of any. And as he led uh, as many as a million people that often complained, they griped about him. Uh, they griped about the results of their decisions. They, they griped about the results of their complaint. Poisonous snake. Uh, one of the most fearful stories in all the Bible to me was when the fiery snakes or the poisonous snakes came out and bit them. Uh, and, and I'm afraid of snakes. I killed a snake this week and uh, shot at it until I was out of bullets. Then I took a hoe and killed it. I scared everybody in the community, but anyway, I was out at John's house, and big old rat snake, and uh, big old rat snake. Boy, I'm afraid of snakes. It reminded me of Moses and those poisonous snakes. You know, the poisonous snakes were always there, but they didn't show themselves till the people complained. And uh, if there's any lesson in the Bible that I get a hold of and understand quickly, it's that complaining part because I'm afraid of snakes. And I uh, haven't learned of anybody in the New Testament or since. Uh, but, but Moses dealt with a complaining people. He dealt with folks that uh, they didn't enjoy uh, the journey. Uh, but Moses stayed at it. And I love, I love uh, the life of Moses. We're going to read all the chapter of Deuteronomy 34. And then go into our lesson this morning. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo. To the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan. And all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh. And all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea. And the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho. The city of palm trees unto Abraham, unto Isaac. And Jacob, now that was many years prior. That goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 22. And he says here, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. 
So Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now this is an interesting verse. And he, God, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. Did you know that? Did you know God buried Moses? Didn't tell anybody where his grave was. That's an interesting thing in the life of Moses. Verse number 7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. They complained about him being the leader. They cried when he died. So the days of weeping and mourning were, for Moses were ended. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of, spirit of, uh, full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. And in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Now here's why God tells us the story of Moses for an example for our life. What can I learn today from the life of Moses, both good and negative, both obedience and disobedience, his relationship with God, his communication and relationship with the people, what can I learn in my life? What can I change? What can I do away with? What can I add? What can I adjust? That's the purpose of hearing the lesson this morning. So let's look at the introduction. Mount Pisgah in the Bible is a mountain in Moab where Moses viewed the promised land before his death. Mount Pisgah rises to more than 4,000 feet above the Dead Sea. It is situated on the east side of the Jordan River opposite the city of Jericho. God told Moses that he would die there. He knew he would die there. God told him he would. And after seeing the promised land from this high vantage point, Moses died and was buried somewhere in a nearby valley. And so God had told Moses where he would die, and he died there. And it's interesting, Moses did not uh, live to a point where he got sick and was sick for a while before he died. Uh, Moses died in full strength. Uh, his appearance, his ability, nothing changed at age 120. He was doing well, and he died at 120 years of age. Now, we're learning today victory through service. Let's see what the service of Moses was. Uh, outlining his life, first of all, God blessed Moses with a rich life of 120 years. Moses' first 40 years, uh, he spent thinking, uh, thinking that he was somebody. Of course, uh, you know the story of Moses as he was raised in Pharaoh's house uh, by Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, his mother, of course, nursed him and helped him. And uh, for 40 years, Moses thought he was somebody. 
His second 40 years, uh, he was a fugitive. He killed a man uh, and uh, that was mistreating one of the Jews. And uh, when he killed him and hit him in the sand, he fled and he ran from God. And so he spent the next 40 years learning that he was nobody. He went from a hero to a zero. He was nothing. He was a nobody. That's what he learned about himself. And then he spent his last 40 years, and his life is divided. It's interesting how it happens. His life is divided into four, uh, three groups of 40, and his last 40 years were spent discovering what God can do with a nobody. We are zeros, but if we follow after the one, are you listening to me? If we follow after the one, you go before the one, you're still a zero. You follow after the one, God can accomplish great things in our life. Notice the second part, letter B. The birth of Moses in Egypt began a life of the man whom God decided would lead the enslaved Israelites out of bondage into the freedom of an independent nation. One of the great stories and the most often mentioned and referred to story uh, in the Bible. Life busy in the Lord's service and he worked full time right to the very end of his life. And God made that possible. God gave him a good mental ability as well as a good physical ability. And the major accomplishment of Moses was to write the book of Deuteronomy uh, in his last years. And we'll mention that again in the lesson. I love the book of Deuteronomy. It's my favorite of the laws. And uh, for several reasons, it is uh, the constitution for the nation of Israel, if you will. And God told them very plainly, if you do these things, I'll bless you. If you do these things, uh, you'll suffer a curse from these things. We find those very things true in America today. As we put God first and we worship him, God exalts and blesses the nation. If we worship idols or put anything before God, which our nation has, then we face curses, and that's what we are facing today. I'll not go into that in the lesson, uh, but Moses wrote this book of Deuteronomy. Uh, that was his final responsibility. Uh, he led Israel into possession of Gilead. Uh, letter A, the last months were filled with work. Uh, Moses finished his life busy in the Lord's service. He led Israel into possession of Gilead. Number two, he reviewed the law for the new generation. He reviewed the law for the new generation. The word deuter of Deuteronomy means to repeat or it means second. So it is a second giving of the law and makes it applicable for the nation. By the way, when you study the Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence, you'll find a tremendous, you'll find a tremendous influence from the book of Deuteronomy on our Declaration and our Constitution. In fact, our forefathers said our form of government, our Constitution was written for a moral people, understanding that America was founded on the principles of Christianity. 
There was a great dependence. There was a great dependence on the preacher of the gospel and on the church teaching the Bible, making a moral people that would follow the Constitution. The further we get away from God, uh, the more they change the laws of today. And uh, the only way we're going to get back to blessings in our nation to get back to a revival or uh, back to our faith in God in our nation. Now, now, you probably know folks that know God and go to church. But if you go out like folks did on yesterday into the neighborhoods that we live in, there are folks that have never, ever been to church. Never. Never. Some have never been invited to church, and some have never one time heard the gospel, never heard a gospel song. They've never heard the truth right here in our own town. And so there's a lot of things we can do that are tools for ministry, and I love all of them, radio, television, uh, Bible publishing, and all of that, but nothing replaces personal one-to-one speaking to someone about Christ and giving them the gospel. You can't replace that. You cannot replace it, and it's important that we're faithful in doing it. All right, back to the lesson, back to the lesson. Uh, Notice this statement, your age is not a problem to God so long as your faith in God is strong. Uh, Noah didn't start building the ark till he was 500. I don't think we're going to live to be 120 or 500, but our faith needs to stay strong so we can be helpful in the service of the Lord until our days end. Here's an interesting statement. Moses is referred to 101 times in the New Testament. In the New Testament. He is referred to more often in the New Testament than any other Old Testament character. Any other person in the Old Testament is referred to more at 101 times. Now, the showing of Canaan. Uh, Do you know Moses never did go into the land of Canaan? He only got to see it. Let's see why. Letter A, after securing uh, securing Gilead uh, for several tribes, Moses besought the Lord at that time, saying, I pray thee, let me go over and see. You see, God refused this quest of Moses to enter into Canaan Uh, You remember in Numbers chapter 20, Moses lost his temper and disobeyed God, and it cost him. That's a lesson we need to learn. That's a lesson that makes me nervous. That's a lesson that bothers me. Uh, I I I think it's important to have a a strong constitution. I think it's important uh, that we have the ability to get mad and angry at things that are wrong. But that has to be in control has to be in control. Moses was told when the people complained that they didn't have water, uh, he was told to speak to the rock that had been smitten. But Moses didn't. In his anger, he took the rod and he warped the rock. He hid it. And uh, God said to Moses, you're not going to go into the land of Canaan. I'll let you see it. The land of Canaan is not represent, uh, we, we use it to represent heaven. But the truth is it represents the victorious Christian life That's what the real representation is in the Bible. And so what he's saying here, because you lost your temper and you disobeyed, uh, you disobeyed, I'm not going to let you live in or go into the land of God. It's all right to have a temper. It's all right to have a fire in the fireplace. It's all right to have water outside the boat. It's all right to have a boat in the water, but you can't have water in the boat. 
have to be controls. And the Bible teaches us that in Galatians. Are you with me this morning? That's a lesson all of us, uh, starting right here. We have to learn. Uh, we have to learn to control uh, that uh, temper and make sure we use it for the right thing. Now let her be. So Moses could see the promised land. God told him to go to the top of Mount Pisgah. And that's in verse number 1. It's an interesting statement. Moses saw the land but could not enjoy the land. Sin brings frustration into the same as your life. Now, there's no need to get angry at God and allow another generation to, to do the same as you've done. When we sin and we make mistakes, we need to do as Moses did, and that's to teach another uh, generation about God. And that's what Moses spent his time doing as an older man. He invested in the younger preachers. Twice in this month, I've had the privilege uh, to meet with pastors, uh, younger pastors uh, that, uh, that were frustrated, frustrated in ministry. In fact, both of them had said, I don't know that I'm going to stay at this church. And they talked about problems that they had. Well, they don't understand problems are everywhere. People's names change, but the problems that we deal with are the same. And our enemy is the devil. And uh, it was uh, encouraging to me after serving as a pastor 36 years to be able to help young pastors, help them to understand the importance of rest, to, import, uh, and, and, uh, to understand the importance of balance in their life, and, and to see them excited after a couple of days of preaching and times of fellowship. And that's what Moses did. That's what I want our church to do. I want our church to be an encouragement, to be an encouragement to young preachers, and we ought to, we ought to uh, make that a priority in our church, and that's one of the reasons for our conference that we have uh, every year in September. Now notice the third part of the lesson, the sorrow of death, the sorrow of death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, the psalmist said in 116, 15. Moses' death was different than the death of most people in that he knew when and how he was going to die. God told him when he would die. God told him where he was going to die. Even in death, Moses' character shines forth as the Bible gives in his eulogy the statement, he was a servant of the Lord. According to the Lord Jesus, nothing could be more important, uh, nothing could be more valuable than for a person to be a servant age uh, when he died. Moses lived in God's will. He died in God's will. Uh, may that be our desire today to die in the will of God, to stay in the will of God all the way to the end. Moses lived in the heights. He died in the heights. It is a reminder to keep our minds and hearts in the heavenlies as we live on earth. Even though he failed, he didn't quit. Anybody, everybody falls down. But a failure is not someone who falls. It's someone who won't get back up again. Letter D. When God buried Moses, he did not place a prominent tombstone at the grave to mark the site. Now, this is not true of everybody uh, in the Bible. Some did have places uh, that they were recognized. Moses did not, and God chose to do this. I don't know exactly why. It was not until Moses died that some people began to realize how important he was to Israel and how much he had done for them. By the way, don't save all your flowers for the person's funeral. Be kind to folks today. Enjoy fellowship with people today. Uh, we may never assemble like this in this crowd again. And how many times through the years have we had folks to die between Sundays unexpectedly 
And uh, we, you, don't, you don't have time. Life's too short uh, to spend carrying grudges and being mad and frustrated. Life's too short for that. And uh, we need to live in the will of God. It wasn't until he died that some people began to realize how important he was to Israel and how much he had done for them. Now notice the last part of the lesson, the successor of Moses. Uh, this could be a lesson in and of itself, uh, but it is an important part, the successor of Moses. Now I want you to stop and think with me just for a moment, just for a moment. Now, now you won't choose a successor in your life as far as a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, but you will leave behind something for the next generation. I want to ask you right now, what are you doing? What are you doing in your life that would invest in another generation of people to serve the Lord? What are you doing in your life, no matter your age, young or old? What are you doing to think about the next generation? You know how sad it is in this world, it's well known in the nation, and she had a daughter, and she refuses to let her daughter see or hear any of her music or attend any of her concerts because she says, I don't want this way of life. I don't want the pain and agony for her. I don't want her to have this way of life. And so she protects her from her music and from her concerts. Uh, what a terrible thing to have to protect people from what you do. I'm glad that my children and your children, our children, can follow us to where we are. And uh, we, ought to be, we ought to be in Sunday school. We ought to be in church. We ought to be faithful in serving God. You're doing something for the next generation. We need to make sure that we think about that. And that's the last part of the lesson about Moses. Letter A, with the death of Moses, Joshua took over leadership of Israel. Joshua was a great man. What made him great? His willingness to serve. He was a servant. Moses was concerned about a qualified successor to replace him after he passed away. And God told Moses to appoint Joshua as his successor. It's very interesting. He said that God told uh, uh, Moses, he said, you tell Joshua to be strong and courageous. And then God himself told Joshua, you be strong and courageous. Now I want you to think about this. If God told Joshua to be strong and courageous, why did he have to tell Moses to tell him to be strong and courageous? Now listen to what I'm about to tell you. Listen to me. Everybody knows the Bible's for them. But not everybody can see it and touch it and feel it unless there's somebody in their life that lives it. And they need that Moses to say to Joshua, now Joshua, be strong, be courageous. He didn't say to him, well, God already told me that. He appreciated the investment that Moses made in Joshua's life. And you need to speak up to young people. I'm thankful for all the young men and young ladies that were out yesterday with our laymen and those that have been working in the bus ministry 15 and 20 years and some for the first time. And I saw on Facebook several posting yesterday. I got to lead a lady to Christ. I led three people to Christ. I led four people to Christ. I got to meet a lot of people and invite them to church. That's an exciting thing. Speak up and tell the young people, every young lady in this room to serve God. You say, well, God told them that. I know it, but he tells us to tell them as well. We want to be an encouragement. Don't be sour to the young people. Don't be negative to the young people. Let them know that we need them. Isn't it a blessing to come to church and see folks in every single age group at our church? 
I mean, you go to the nursery. They're doing a good business in the nursery back there. They are. Then you go to the primaries and the juniors, and there's, there's folks of every age and group. Churches die when we don't invest in the next generation. We must invest in them, and I encourage you, and I appreciate those who do that. Let me give you the third statement, letter C. God equips his servants for the responsibilities to which they are called. Joshua had a big task given him by God, but God enabled him to perform it with excellence. I remember as a young preacher, and I, I remember times of frustration and, and times of doubt in my own ability and uh, the ability to preach and to lead. And so many times an older preacher would uh, say a word of encouragement or even somebody in church, and boy, it just went a long way. And uh, it, it's a blessing to see. One of the things I enjoyed this week, uh, on Friday night I was at the uh, sports banquet. And uh, our Christian school uh, has volleyball uh, for the young ladies and basketball for the young men. And uh, I knew it was going on, uh, but during the season this past year, Coach Carr won his 500th game. Uh, and that's, that's quite a mile, milestone. He's been our coach for a lot of years and, uh, and, and, and just, just done a good job with the young people. But what was encouraging to me, 50-plus former players signed to basketball and presented that to him, and, uh, and, and he didn't know they were going to do it. It was a surprise, and it, it was quite an emotional time to see a young man stand and say, I'm proud of my dad. I want to follow in the footsteps of my dad, and that encourages me, and we need to make sure we speak up. You say, I'm a quiet person. Well, uh, be quiet except when you speak up to young people and encourage them uh, to serve the Lord. Sometimes you get frustrated at little ones running in church. You know the only thing worse than little kids running in church? Not having any little kids to run in church. That's the only thing worse. Notice the conclusion now. Mo Moses left a legacy of someone who loved the Lord and served the Lord. Mount Pisgah is a reminder that God had so much. God has so much planned for us as we live by faith and we serve him. What do you see from Mount Pisgah in your life this morning? You say, oh, but I'm getting up in years. So is Moses. Let's serve him till we die. Let's enjoy serving God and his goodness till we die all the way to the end. No matter what your place in life, you can devote yourself to the Lord. God measures our service not by our ability, but by our willingness. Do not dismiss little things. Remember, a candle cannot do what the it can do what the sun cannot do, and that shine at night. <laughs> a life serving God is a life well spent. A life serving God is a life well spent. One of the things that encourages my wife and I, and more so now uh, than ever, is to know of young people that are serving the Lord, playing the piano, singing in church, directing choirs, directing bus ministries, pastoring churches. We need to invest in another generation. I love this good story and good uh, example that Moses left for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy of serving with these people. And Lord, thank you that we do have a lot of young people in our church. And we have a lot of young couples in our church. And we have a lot of folks of every age group. Uh, Lord, uh, in our uh, fallen flesh, let us not be negative but let us be an encouragement to young people to serve you, to do right, to give their life to serve you. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to apply this lesson to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.